0: So join me in discovering the variety of things being created as Bitcoin rubs up against other systems. It is 8.46 a.m. Central Standard Time. It's the 27th of January, 2022. This is episode 534 of Bitcoin and John Vallis has a word for you. Uh, That would be at John K. Vallis. Um, Good guy, real good guy, great interviewer. He's got a really good podcast. But uh, this is not about his podcast. This is about a personal situation that he experienced at his gym. And let me just go ahead and read the uh, series of three tweets so that you know what's going on. There's this young guy, local, at my BJJ gym, and he fell for one of those POS impersonators of me scam instagram accounts he's devastated two thousand dollars all savings plus borrowed against car gone car is going to be repossessed yes incredibly stupid to have fallen for it but speaks to the desperation that so many feel i feel no guilt or responsibility and of course this happens to many people and you can't save them all but he's a good kid So if I can help turn this into a fork in the road that leads to getting on a more positive path rather than a more negative one, I'd like to do so. So, as a result, I'm going to huck some money in to soften the blow for him, not before having a good chat about his error. If you're interested in contributing sats and perhaps restoring his faith in the good in the world, I'll make sure that he gets them all. Lightning and on-chain addies. And he is given in this third tweet, dated, uh, let's see, January 26, 2022. That would be yesterday. He has uh, two QR codes, one for a lightning payment, and uh, the other one is clearly an on-chain addie uh, QR code. So if you want to help this kid... I don't know, recover from being completely fucking stupid, this might be a good one. And the reason that this would be a good one is that, you know, John is a man of his word. So what he will do is have an extensive conversation with this child about what he has done and how he could have completely avoided it by basically just not giving anybody money online in any format whatsoever, unless you're going to like Amazon and buying something that you is you're going to get delivered to your house, you know. That's what I'm saying. In either event, <clears throat> the situation is pretty grim for this kid. So I have retweeted uh, this particular tweet a couple of times. If you want to find it, you can go to my profile and scan down into my retweets. Otherwise, just go to you know. Honestly, he maybe he's got it pinned. I don't know. Let's 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 find out if he's got it pinned. John, do you have it pinned? Uh, by the way, his name, uh, name of the podcast is Ra- uh, Bitcoin rapid fire. Uh, do, do, do. I do not see it as being pinned. He's got a Michael Saylor video being pinned. So you may have to scroll down into his timeline to get the actual thing. Um, in fact, it looks like it's only, you know, it's only 18 hours ago that he did it. So you can find it pretty easily by going to at John K. Vallis, all one word. Last name is spelled V-A-L-L-I-S. And maybe give this kid, you know, a little bit of help and maybe he'll turn into uh, a right fine Bitcoin battler. Now, speaking of battles for Bitcoin, we got Putin who's saying that Russia has advantages in Bitcoin mining. This was written by Namsios for Bitcoin magazine uh, sometime yesterday. Russian President Vladimir Putin on Wednesday said the country has distinctive characteristics that allow it. To benefit from Bitcoin mining, while its central bank last week called for a complete ban on the activity in the country, as it worries cryptocurrencies could pose risks to its citizens. Yeah, the shitcoins will. Putin, who <coughs> excuse me, Putin also asked the Bank of Russia to reach a consensus with the country's Ministry of Finance, who on Tuesday discouraged a complete prohibition of Bitcoin trading and mining in the country, citing how such a move could hurt Russia's ability to compete in the technology sector. Quote, the central bank does not stand in our way of technological progress and makes the necessary efforts to implement the latest technology in this area, Putin stated in a Wednesday meeting with members of the Russian government, addressing the divergent opinions held by the government body and the central bank. The central bank's position in regards to cryptocurrencies is based on worries that, quote, the expansion of this type of activity carries certain risks and above all for the citizens of the country, given the large volatility and some other components of this topic, Putin said, quote, although, of course, we also have certain competitive advantages here especially in the so-called mining, (laughs) Putin added, referring to the country's power surplus and well-trained manpower, which could be leveraged for a thriving Bitcoin mining industry there. Russia rose to the third spot in the list of countries with the highest share of hash rate in the Bitcoin network last year after China banned the asset in its underlying mining industry in the summer. An exodus of Bitcoin miners out of Chinese soil led to mining farms being established in the U.S., Kazakhstan, as well as Russia. The Eastern European country's low-cost energy and freezing climate makes it attractive for miners as it enables higher profit margins and greater hash rate output. Yes, you can cool the living shit out of your miners fairly easily in Russia, but honestly, not in the south of Russia. And, you know... I mean, in the wintertime, eh, you can get away with it in central Russia, but where you really want to be is Siberia. That's where you want to go. You want to go to the north part of Russia, a complete frozen wasteland, and even in the summertime, it ain't exactly a balmy 72 degrees. It's, it kind of is just cold, and that really is going to help uh, mining. Now, so what happens if Russia gets into into mining? Well... The Russian finance ministry submits crypto regulatory framework for review. Ezra uh, Reguera is going to answer some of those questions for us from Cointelegraph. In a new twist of the Russian crypto regulation saga, the country's ministry of finance has come forward with an initiative that stands in stark contrast with the central bank's hardline position the central bank of russia recently called for a ban on crypto trading and mining activities throughout the country citing volatility environmental impact and use of illegal activities the central bank published a report calling regulators to implement a total ban and impose strict sanctions on violators however the proposal received opposition from the russian ministry of finance a few days after the central bank's call for a ban Ivan Chebyskov, an official from the ministry, stated that the government should regulate crypto instead of banning it entirely. Chebyskov said that the authorities would provide an opportunity for the industry to develop and that a complete ban may result in Russia falling behind on the technology. On Thursday, RBC, the Russian Central Bank, reported that the ministry has sent a letter to Dmitry Cherneshko Deputy Chairman of the Government of the Russian Federation, and officially submitted a regulatory proposal to the government. The proposal introduces a new framework for crypto use in the country that suggests crypto operations be done within the traditional banking infrastructure with mechanisms in place to identify traders' personal data. We're never going to get away from these people. According to the ministry, Regulating crypto can bring multiple benefits such as increased tax revenue and enhancing law enforcement's ability to track criminal activity, which we now know they don't really give a shit about. The ministry cites statistics showing that Russian citizens are holding crypto that's worth around 2 trillion Russian rubles, adding that a total ban or lack of regulation will eventually undermine the industry and create a black market. Telegram founder Pavel Durov also reacted negatively to the proposed ban on crypto. The tech executive expressed that a ban may not stop unscrupulous players, but will affect compliant and legal blockchain projects. He added that a ban will delay the development of blockchain-based technologies. Meanwhile, Russian President Vladimir Putin highlighted some benefits to crypto in a meeting with government officials. Quote, we also have certain competitive advantages here, especially in the so-called mining, Putin said. The president then called on the government and the central bank to reach a consensus on the matter. Sounds to me like in a roundabout way, they're going to end up getting into Bitcoin. Um, And they're just, I guess they're just doing it in a way that may, I don't know that, is it Russian sensibility? Because, you know, the Russians you say what you want about the Russians, but they've been, they're usually fairly sensible, except when you get people like Stalin and and uh, uh, other people involved. But generally speaking, in the modern world, post-World War II, the Russians have actually been, you know, fairly sensible, what do we call it, like credible players on the world stage. And, you know, like I said, you say what you want about the Russians. Whether you hate them, love them, don't give a shit about them, they're not stupid. And they do have competitive advantages in, in mining. And they are very close to China. And I don't know. I don't know. It, it goes. This sort of ties into what I was saying a couple of episodes ago about just how deep in China's pockets is Russia. Are they at all? I mean, it seems that it's possible that Putin is going to go his own route on this because at first, you know, like last week, it looked to me that di- uh, China was able to kind of dictate what Russia was going to do and I was saying that Russia, China, Australia, New Zealand and oh Malaysia and all that all the Philippines and all that kind of stuff was going to sort of bind together, but maybe not. Who knows? If Putin goes down the path of Bitcoin mining, it's going to be a really weird world in Eastern Asia. So we'll just have to wait and see. But in the meantime, Brussels member of parliament is going to take full 2022 salary in Bitcoin. Namcios out of Bitcoin magazine, Christophe de Buechler. A Brussels member of parliament announced that he will take his full 2022 salary in Bitcoin in an effort to raise, raise awareness about the digital currency in Europe and spark conversations around its usage across different areas of society. Quote, I'm the first in Europe, but not in the world, to want to shine the spotlight on cryptocurrencies with such an approach, Debicular, however you pronounce his name, said in a blog post. Quote, I think it's not too late for Brussels and Belgium to be at the forefront of the cryptocurrency industry. Everybody wants to be at the forefront. We already have some great companies in the field, but it's time to position ourselves clearly and create a real ecosystem." End quote." A wave of politicians has recently made the headlines with similar announcements, but while most of these pioneers have been from North America, DeBicule is taking the initiative to the East. The Brussels deputy said his move intends to wake up Europe to the potential benefits of Bitcoin in the region as the United States and Canada have so far led with clear actions to get ahead in terms of adoption. Mayor of Miami, Francis Suarez, last year set out on a mission to make his city the U.S. capital of Bitcoin after pushing welcoming legislation that would allow city employees to get paid in the digital currency and enable citizens to pay city fees in Bitcoin. Despite the suggested laws being stalled, Suarez took the initiative to get paid in Bitcoin indirectly by converting his paycheck into BTC through the Lightning Payments app Strike. Soon after Suarez took large strides to attract the cryptocurrency industry to his city, New York City Mayor Eric Adams joined the friendly competition by announcing similar measures, mostly around the intention to become an innovation hub for Bitcoin-related products and services. Adams also converted some of his paychecks to Bitcoin. DeBiculaire said getting paid in Bitcoin during this year serves as a means to attract attention to the peer-to-peer currency in the old continent, which, despite housing notable companies in the industry, risks lacking behind North American markets. The Brussels deputy said in the blog post that in addition to raising interest in cryptocurrency by policymakers, he intends to show confidence in this new world and encourage deep reflection on our monetary system. <clears throat> monetary policy is a political subject which has been left in the hands of the technocrats for too long, the blog post stated. All economists warn us that we are entering a very risky period, loss of confidence, Inflation, printing of banknotes like never before, the digital euro. However, these subjects are never addressed in the democratic debate. What is currency? What's the point? What role does a central bank serve? I want to put those topics in the public square in 2022. Holy shit! The, I mean, the, the question of, that he poses what is currency? Have you ever, I mean, that is rare for a politician, especially in Europe, to say that shit. Now, we've got Rand Paul who will say it. We had Ron Paul who said it multiple times. But it's rare for somebody in, at these levels, at these echelons of government, to actually sit there and say, what is currency? And make it a debate on the political stage in Europe. I mean, that's kind of a big deal. Uh, This is definitely a a guy to watch. By the way, if you wanna know, if you wanna practice uh, uh, pronouncing his name properly, it's B-E-U-K-E-L-A-E-R. So you will forgive me for not being able to pronounce anywhere close to one whit of that. Now, zombies coming back from the grave. Remember Quadriga CX? It was Canadian Exchange, whose uh, founder, Gerald Cotton, died, I want to say in Thailand. And at first he had just kind of disappeared with like one hundred and sixty nine million or something like that dollar uh, Canadian dollars worth of Bitcoin and other cryptocurrencies. It turns out that he died, but honestly, that whole story of uh, Gerald Cotton from Quadriga CX dying. Is so fraught with weirdness that I honestly believe that the man faked his own death and that his wife knows something about it. Be that as it may, we're now talking about the co founder of Quadriga CX. So, the co founder of defunct exchange, Quadriga CX, allegedly runs Wonderland. Tom Farron tells us about some shit coinery out of Cointelegraph in a series of Twitter posts published today. <clears throat> Centralized finance, DeFi, or decentralized finance investigator Zach XBT seemingly unveiled the true identity of previously anonymous Quadriga CX co founder Michael Patron, doxing him to be that of at 0xSifu, F U, the founder of DeFi Protocol Wonderland. Following the publication of private messages between Zach XBTC and Danielle Sesta, the founder of Wonderland and Abracadabra, Sesta tweeted his perspective on the case, stating that I have no bias about Zero X Sifu. He has become a friend and part of my family, and if my reputation of judgment will be hit by his docs, then so be it. End quote. A recent mirror.xyz blog written by Sesta reveals that he became aware of Sifu's career background just one month ago, but decided to maintain his role as treasury manager based upon principles of second chances. However, following passionate public outcry in response to his tweets this morning, Sesta took a moment to reflect upon the situation and concluded that, quote, I have decided that he needs to step down till a vote for his confirmation is in place. Wonderland has to say who manages its treasury, not me or the rest of the Wonderland team, End quote. On January the 9th, Sesta declared his bullishness on projects in which the founders and teams reveal their personal identity, stating that DOCS teams' tokens will outperform anonymous ones' pay attention. This is a common theme witnessed in the DeFi and NFT space to support the evolution of the brand from a purely web-dimensional entity to a global, physical, and digitally interactive community. Wonderland emerged into the space in September 2020 as a fork of the Olympus DAO, launching on the Avalanche network. The community denotes themselves as Frogs. Oh, for God's sakes! But the decentralized reserve currency protocol hasn't made great leaps in the market as of yet. According to current data from the website, the protocol has $360 million in total value locked, while its native asset, Time, T-I-M-E, is down almost 95, oh Jesus, 97.5% from all times, uh, time highs just two months ago and down 30% today to $355. In the last week, the co-founders intervened with a quantitative easing type strategy of injecting millions of dollars into the projects in a desperate bid to stem the price bloodshed. Does that sound familiar? Because it sounds familiar to me. The Quadriga CX saga began following the untimely passing of Gerald Cotton, the co-founder of Canadian-based cryptocurrency exchange in December of 2018. In the days that followed, allegations emerged that in excess of $145 million of customer funds were misplaced, with the team citing an inability to locate the encrypted passwords to the cold storage wallets. Yes, because they were on his laptop. No, seriously, they were on his laptop. You uh, you just got to wonder sometimes about some of the bullshit in the space. In the years that followed, an ongoing legal battle commenced between the estimated near 20,000 claimants in the exchange with trustee firm Ernst & Young revealing in late 2020 that they only have approximately $29.8 million in assets to distribute in comparison to the $171 million worth of claims. The story sparked the interest of streaming and production giant Netflix, which has recently announced that a documentary film dramatizing the mystery surrounding Cotton's death and subsequent financial fallout is in the works. Titled Trust No One colon, The Hunt for the Crypto King, the film is set to premiere in 2022 and detailed the suspected malice of Quadriga CX in orchestrating a rug pull as per countless personal accounts from the community base. So, okay. Why is this pertinent? It's not that I give a shit about Wonderland or or Abracadabra or Avalanche or any of the bullshit DeFi scam rug pulls that are out there waiting to steal your money. It's the fact that the co-founder of at the time, it was one of the largest rug pulls in the history of cryptocurrency exchanges. And I think it still stands as the largest uh, scamming for a cryptocurrency exchange in the nation of Canada. Um, You've got the the co-founder of that thing behind a whole bunch of money locked up in this Wonderland DeFi project. If you think... That you're not going to get rug pulled off of this project you might want to start thinking again because you know you you can you can take the redneck out of the uh trailer park but you'll never take the trailer park out of the redneck it's like asking a leopard to change his spots you know the whole reason that he's into you know he never left crypto is that it's just too rife with idiots that are just willing to hand over their keys For any reason whatsoever, just because they think it's, I don't know, that's going to make them like immediately rich in like four or five days. And yes, that has occurred on several occasions to more than a few handfuls of people around the world. But the majority, the 99.97% of the rubes that are left are the ones that funded them getting rich. You're, you're, you're You're not that important. Gerald Cotton's business partner is not going to give shit one about your assets and he's going to steal them. I almost guarantee it. Um, Let's see here. Uh, Bitcoin briefly spikes on Fed announcement before traders realized that nothing had changed. I said this yesterday. I talked about this yesterday. I said in in the yesterday morning show before the Fed had released the information about the FOMAC meeting that what was gonna happen was gonna be the following. They're going to tell you that they're going to continue to think about raising rates and they're gonna continue to think about tapering off their asset purchases until a later date. And that is exactly what occurred. I can't believe I was right. (laughs) Jeff Benson tells us how much I was right from Decrypt.co. Sorry, tooting my own horn there. The Federal Reserve announced today that interest rates will remain at 0% with the first rate hike this year planned for March. Oh, now it's March. The press release coincided with the spike in the price of Bitcoin from under 37,800 to 39,200 in the span of 20 minutes. But as quickly as the price of BTC rose, it fell back to its previous price. After all, the Fed's announcement, as was expected, pretty much says that nothing is changing yet. In mid-December, crypto and stock prices rose when the Fed said it would start raising rates and winding down pandemic-era bond purchases in 2022, and Bitcoin went from $47,000 to almost $49,500 in a few hours. But in the first week of January, when freshly released minutes from the meeting put the target date at mid-March, equities markets closed lower and Bitcoin slid 6%. Today's meeting of the Federal Open Market Committee, the FOMAC, Mostly repeated what's been suggested by analysts for the last couple of months. In order to bring inflation, which hit 7% back in December, down to a target rate of 2% while maintaining high levels of employment, the Fed will raise its interest rates by as much as 0.25% per quarter. So the federal funds rate is the rate at which banks can borrow money from each other's reserves overnight. Raising interest rates has a knock-on effect throughout the economy, contributing to increasing credit card interest rates and mortgage costs for consumers, who will probably have a bit less to invest on stocks or crypto in 2022. The committee also declared that it would end its asset purchases, which had the effect of increasing the monetary supply in the U.S. in March, Unlike crypto markets, equities markets swung back into negative territory after the news. But given the up and down week on Wall Street, it's unclear whether they'll stay there. So there, there you go. <laughs> yeah, they're not going to raise rates anytime soon. And and here's my further prediction. They'll raise them in March. And they'll do it by like, I don't know, 100 or 250 basis points or 10%, uh, 0.10% to 0.25%. And then the markets will self-immolate or set themselves on fire. And then they'll, you know, j Powell will get a whole bunch of phone calls that are from very angry friends of his who lost their ass on something, even though that, I mean, honestly, how many boats can you can you waterski behind? In either event, in either event, what's going to happen after that is that they're going to drop the rates back down. That's my gut feeling because I can't imagine how they're planning on paying the interest rates on all the debt. Because once the FOMAC decides to raise rates, that's a ripple effect through the entire world's economy. European Central Bank, the Japanese, the Central Bank of Japan, the only people that probably won't listen to it may be Russia and China because they're big enough not to actually give a shit. But China has way a, a very large exposure to the United States much more than than I think Russia does, but the rest of the countries of the world Australia, New Zealand, all of Europe, you know several south african south and and uh, uh, Central and South American countries, they are going to have to raise their rates, and every single country is saddled with a tremendous amount of debt, so now the debt servicing on all that debt becomes just it, it, It's a really scary situation, honestly, which is one of the reasons why Bitcoin. And now let's run the numbers. (laughs) Flammable liquids are up. Shiny metal rocks are down. CNBC futures and commodities. West Texas Intermediate is up almost a full half point to $87.74 a barrel. Brent North Sea is up a half point to $90.42 a barrel. Natural gas is up 1.43% to $4.33 per thousand cubic feet. Gasoline is up over a point to $2.55 a gallon. As I said, all your shiny metal rocks are down and some of them are getting hit pretty damn hard. Gold is one of them, 1.25% to the downside, hovering just above $1,800 at this point. Silver, however, is your biggest loser of the day, four points to the downside, $22.89 an ounce. Platinum, likewise, down two points. Copper is down one point, and palladium is down just over one point. Uh, Everything in agricultural futures are down, the biggest loser being wheat at 2.14% to the downside followed by coffee, 2% to the downside, and then uh, chocolate follows it up with 1.99% to the downside. The only thing that had any kind of uh respite today is rough rice, which is up 0.86%. Dow futures are up point, no, I'm sorry. <laughs> the stock market is going to kick some serious ass today dow futures up one and a half points s p futures up one and a half points nasdaq future up one in, well, 1.45%, and one point four five percent and s p mini is up one point five percent real money is struggling at thirty six thousand nine hundred and twenty one dollars and ninety eight cents 278,000 transactions performed in the last 24 hours, that's 11,620 transactions every hour on the hour with just over 1 million BTC trading hands in that period. It ends up being about 45,500 BTC every hour on the hour changing hands. And 3.91 BTC is your average transaction value. Meanwhile, the median transaction value is 0.017 BTC or about 614 bucks. Block times are very high, right at 11 minutes. 0.1 BTC taken in fees on a per block basis and 13 and a quarter BTC taken in fees overall in the last 24 hour period. And after a 10 and a half percent drop in hash rate, we're back down to the ridiculous number of 174.2 exahashes per second, which is more security than the law should allow. Dogecoin is your shitcoin indicator and is standing at 14 and a half United States pennies. There are 6,296 transactions waiting on four blocks to clear. We have a $701.7 billion market cap, which is just under 6% of gold's entire market cap. And if you want, you can get 20.5 ounces of shiny metal rock with your one Bitcoin, of which there are half in circulation. 3,363 of those are locked in the Lightning Network, valued at $124.6 million, being run over 19,421 nodes, representing 84,663 payment channels that we know about. Seventy-six and a half percent of all that is running over Tor version of Lightning. Well, not really the version, but uh, the Lightning network that uh, uh, percentage that's being run over Tor. And that is 11,406 Tor nodes handling Lightning that we can actually see. That's going to do it for vitals. Welcome to part two of the news you can use. NASA blasts NFTs says they won't take off with its imagery. Oh, God. Brian Quarby, Coin Telegraph. Hey, it's a slow day, guys. It's a slow day. Give me a break. Still, though, let's see just how uh, long it takes for NASA to fold like a cheap suit. <clears throat> Despite a general consensus among Gen apes that Non-fungible tokens are headed to the proverbial moon. Space agency NASA has revealed it will not clear the use of its content and logos for takeoff. This is an important clarification, as the United States government agencies images and videos uh, are typically not copyright protected and can ordinarily be freely used for educational and informative purposes in media, like logos, <clears throat> sorry, its logos, meanwhile, are copyrighted and can only be used if approved by NASA. While the NFT sector continues to surge full stream ahead with platforms such as OpenSea posting record monthly volumes in January already, NASA has stated via its media usage guidelines that it does not wish for any of its content to be tokenized. Quote, NFTs are, in essence, digital tokens owned by someone as a one-of-a-kind digital asset. NASA does not wish for its images to be used for these purposes. It is unlawful to falsely claim copyright or other rights in any NASA material, End quote. NASA's logo has often been used for commercial purposes such as branding on fashion items. However, the agency stated that it is unable to approve of any such uses in the NFT sphere, quote, nasa is not approving any merchandising applications involving nfts as they are not consistent with the categories of products the agency is approved to merchandise the guidelines read under the guidelines set out for government agencies it is not able to approve merchandising or products in areas such as alcohol food cosmetics tobacco underwear (laughs) and technology underwear really Dude, what kid wouldn't want NASA, you know, NASA on their underroos? Dude, I think that's that's a little that's stretching it, but whatever. NASA has, however, been indirectly involved in the NFT space via other avenues in the past. Cointelegraph reported that an NFT-backed metaverse project dubbed Mars 4 that built a detailed 3D model of Mars using data from NASA and other space agencies. Okay, well, the data you're not gonna be able to really copyright from a NASA standpoint. Why? Well, okay, and this is gonna get sticky. NASA is funded by the taxpayers of the United States of America. It is public information. I can see them claiming copyright over logos and such uh, for various purposes that I won't even get into, but data like from the... the if you want to go see uh, uh, Duck Duck Go Mars High Rise Project, High is spelled H-I-R-I-S-E, and what that will give you is a repository of all the imagery taken by the High Rise Project, which is an orbit around Mars, and it's a very high definition set of X-ray, uh, v- oh God, infrared and visible spectrum photography, and we're talking. Like, I think their minimum size is 4K. Um, I think they have reduced sizes, but the, the resolution on this thing is ridiculous. And because there's also x-ray and radar instrumentation on it, you can get height maps of the terrain in question and then use the visible spectrum to overlay that in a 3D model. That data is owned by the, well, technically it's kind of owned by the world because NASA is funded is kind of joint funded yeah, from other age, as being part of other agencies. So the data is made available for free to the world. I highly recommend that you go check out the high rise website. It'll, it'll blow your mind as to just how beautiful the landscapes of Mars are. But so somebody making a, you know, a token out of a world that was created, from a 3D map of Mars. Yeah, man, NASA's not gonna really have anything to say about that. Now, here's my question. At what point does NASA fold like a cheap suit and go into the NFT space themselves? Because it's going to happen. They're gonna say all this, and I guarantee you they've got like like two or three eggheads that they threw together in a room to tell them to figure out NFTs and how it could possibly benefit NASA, they are going to go into NFTs. So just be prepared for them to backtrack on all this bullshit. Uh, This is basically just them fending off people making money off their name until they can figure out a way to do it themselves. Now, taxes coming up in April for the United States citizenry. And because we don't have a flat tax that we can just pay and be done with, we have to spend inordinate amount of time trying to figure out how not to pay these stupid taxes so that we can in turn take the money that we saved from paying taxes to pay our accountant. Do you see how this works? You see, it's, it's it, your CPA and, or rather tax attorney and tax accountant their entire livelihood depends on the tax system of the United States government. Without it, they don't have a job. So if you want a flat tax that any idiot can easily understand and say, well, I made this much money and I'm just going to, I have to pay 7% or 15% depending on, on my income. Instead of doing that, which you would be able to do on the back of a postcard, no, you have to spend Like $400, $800 a pop if you're a huge corporation, it's tens of thousands of dollars, probably more, so that you can work the crap that is the tax system. And it's coming for us. So here we go. Decrypt.co Jeff Benson, crypto tax software firm, CoinTracker raises $100 million to help traders prep for the IRS. With the IRS filing period just around the corner, one crypto tax company is ready to put its name on a lot of returns. Cointracker, a startup that makes crypto investment tracking software, announced today that it has raised $100 million in a Series A round led by Palo Alto-based venture firm Excel. Other investors in the round include Coinbase Ventures, Kraken Ventures, Intuit Ventures, as in TurboTax, and Y Combinator Continuity, the famed Silicon Valley incubator's venture arm. CoinTracker is software designed to make it easier for crypto users to track their tax liabilities and report earnings and losses to the IRS. The frequency with which crypto transactions take place, combined with the still evolving reporting guidelines of the Internal Revenue Service, makes filing taxes difficult for crypto users. As Coin Center's Peter Van Valkenburg testified before Congress in November of 2021, quote, existing IRS policy leaves taxpayers uncertain of their obligations with regard to cryptocurrency transactions, quote. CoinTracker's value proposition is in removing that uncertainty. In addition to keeping a score of gains and losses, the tracking software purports to optimize tax strategies to save users money, and it integrates directly with not only major exchanges, but also with TurboTax. The funding round means the company's valuation soared to $1.3 billion, making it a unicorn. It's a big jump from the firm's previous fundraise of $2 million of a seed round in 2018 in the dark of Crypto Winter. Crypto, or sorry, Coin Tracker co-founder and CEO John Lerner told DeCrypt over email that the company intentionally chose not to pursue funding in the intervening years as it was turning a profit, but that it saw an opportunity to expand as cryptocurrency investing is on the rise and US lawmakers fiddle with IRS reporting requirements. Quote, hundreds of millions of crypto users globally need to become tax compliant before there are negative implications like tax audits and penalties. The funding should give the company more chances to reach investors as it makes the tool available not just to individuals but to tax professionals and international investors as well. It also plans to keep pace with the growing range of assets, like NFTs, that must be reported to the IRS as well as the exchanges and platforms that traffic in them. It already boasts or boasts direct connections with about 50 such platforms from Coinbase to Cash App while users can import CSV data to track transactions from another several hundred additional platforms, among them Uniswap and Lolly. It's also hiring to keep up with its growth plans, which cover everything from customer support to content and its core products. Former Uber VP of Engineering Greg Garg is coming on board as head of engineering while Robinhood crypto head of product Zach Renee Whedon will become CoinTracker's product lead. Given the cash influx and major plans, Lerner sees this as going beyond her t- traditional series A. Quote, while this is a series A, it is a growth stage round to scale up the product and the company, end quote. So, yeah. I don't know if CoinTracker is something that you want to use because you're, I mean, at one point or another, we've got to start you know, thinking about, well, what does this do to privacy? What does this do to all, you know, all my stuff? And once we start reporting to the IRS, you know, what point do they require our wallet addresses? This is something, you know, I don't even know how to even approach this, honestly, because there's, you know, really there's there's, I can hear you screaming in the background, I'm just not going to report. Yeah, I know, I know, I hear you. And we might actually even be able to get away with that shit for the next couple of years. But at one point, it's gonna be impossible. It will be absolutely impossible to get away with that kind of shit. And no, I'm not gonna start using Monero. It's just never gonna happen, so screw that. Now, more about taxes. How does Bitcoin impact your taxes? 10 Things to Know, Rick Mulvey from Bitcoin Magazine. Yes, it's that time of year again. The new year is upon us, and we all need to start gathering tax documents. Fun, right? And if you've invested in Bitcoin or sold Bitcoin, then things get really fun. Below are a list of items meant to help you understand the most critical, critical aspects for tax filing when it comes to Bitcoin. And it should be noted that this specifically covers U.S. taxes though UK regulations are very similar. So here's what you need to know. Number one, Bitcoin is taxed as property. That's right, just like stocks, bonds, or real estate. Although often used as currency, it is not treated like a currency for tax purposes. Every single time you sell, spend, or exchange Bitcoin, you have executed a taxable transaction. You have a capital gain or loss every time you dispose of your Bitcoin, unless it is by gifting it to someone. I know what you're thinking. Well, I know what I'm thinking anyway. This necessitates a lot of detailed record keeping. In order to compute capital gains and losses, you need to know your original cost basis. Now, crypto exchanges will keep a history of all your transactions, but they won't be reporting your cost basis to you on any regular basis. In addition, if you've moved coins or taken self-custody, you really need to keep track of all your coins and their original costs. I'm thinking a nice Excel spreadsheet and stay up on it regularly. Your tax accountant will be pleased. Number two, Bitcoin received from mining are taxable. If you're mining Bitcoin, every coin you mine is taxable as ordinary income. Don't let the word ordinary fool you. Ordinary income in IRS parlance is taxed at higher rates than long-term capital gains. Not only is mining taxed as ordinary income, but also as self-employment income so you'll owe social security and medicare taxes as well now you get to write off all your expenses associated with the mining operations such as electricity which is a big one you can also write off the cost of the mining rigs over several years and in some cases take a deduction for the entire cost in one year and that's a nice benefit how do you tally up and report how much income you've generated in u.s dollar terms the irs regulations say your income is the fair market value of the bitcoin you mine on the day that you receive it thus each day you have more income again uh, here comes a great excel spreadsheet opportunity now if you mine bitcoin as a hobby you can simply report the income on your tax return as other income and as such won't pay self-employment taxes like social security and medicare The downside, however, is that you won't be able to write off any of the expenses against said income. If you do want to take the deductions, report the income and expenses on US Schedule C. Three, how to answer that question on top of Form 1040. Above is the draft version of the 2021 Form 1040 crypto question and what it looks like. Note that this is a slight change from 2020 when the question also included sending any cryptocurrency. If you only purchased Bitcoin during 2021, you can answer no. Quote, at any time during 2021, did you receive, sell, exchange, or otherwise dispose of any financial interest in any virtual currency? So, do you have to answer this? Yep, and you should answer it honestly. Will it get you audited? Probably not, since only 0.45% of taxpayers with incomes between $75,000 and $200,000 were audited in recent years. If you answer the question, yes, the IRS may look at your return and see that some Bitcoin transactions are reported capital gains and mining income mainly. Number four, being paid in Bitcoin or paying in Bitcoin are indeed taxable events. If someone pays you for your services in Bitcoin, that is a taxable as self employment income, your income in the United States dollar value of the coins you received on that day of payment. Like with mining, you then have a cost basis for those coins. Likewise, if you pay someone else for their services with Bitcoin, you have just disposed of some coins. As such, you have either a capital gain or a capital loss on that transaction. Five, paying for Starbucks with Bitcoin is indeed a taxable transaction. Though Starbucks makes some amazing drinks, not really, you really shouldn't pay for them in Bitcoin because, yes, it is a tra- taxable transaction every time you spend your Bitcoin. Your next question, quote, is there a de minimis exception for such a small transaction? No, not at this time. And that, in a nutshell, is the problem of having a property that acts like a currency and a currency that acts like a property. There is not yet a user-friendly system of uh, taxation to handle all Bitcoin transactions fluidly. Now, my question is, how does this affect Tether? I'm not going to get into it. Six, you can deduct losses from trading Bitcoin, but... Now, capital losses from trading any asset can be used to offset capital gains. Whether the gains were from Bitcoin, stocks, real estate, or any property, that's the good news. If you suffered some losses in Bitcoin but had gains in stocks or vice versa, you can offset. If you didn't have any gains to offset or your losses are greater, you can still deduct some this year. Taxpayers can deduct up to $3,000 per year in capital losses that exceed your gains. That's not much. I know. However, you can carry those losses forward to deduct against profits in future years. Number seven, exchanging Bitcoin for other cryptocurrencies is taxable. A like-kind exchange in where one asset is exchanged for another similar one, typically two parcels of real estate. But there is no provision for like-kind exchanges for cryptocurrencies. This tax provision enables the seller to defer paying capital gains taxes on the profit until a time when the second asset is sold. 8. Do Bitcoin exchanges report transactions to the IRS? Cryptocurrency exchanges do not report sales of assets in the same manner as do stock brokerages. Every sale of stock or mutual fund is reported, so you must show each sale of your tax return even if the sale doesn't result in a gain. Tax reporting by cryptocurrency exchanges is, at this time, a mixed bag, and that's something the United States government wants to wrap its arms around. For example, Coinbase, the largest U.S.-based exchange, will not be issuing Form 1099-K or Form 1099-B to report sales of cryptocurrency. Thus, none of your sales proceeds are being shared with the IRS. You have the sole responsibility of reporting all of your sale proceeds and cost basis. The only transaction that Coinbase reports are reward or fees that you may have earned during the year and only if they exceed $600. Those are reported on form 1099 MISC. I guess that stands for miscellaneous. Gemini takes a completely different approach. The company views itself as a third party settlement organization and as such Files form 1099-K for certain transactions. Gemini will only report if your sales of digital assets exceeded 200 transactions in a year and exceeded $20,000 in proceeds. Binance, a multi-based company, does not report to the IRS and is actually no longer serving U.S.-based traders. Binance had previously issued form 1099-K to certain traders. Number nine. Generally, you don't have to pay taxes on Bitcoin donations in charity. Okay, well, though by giving your Bitcoin to charity, you've actually disposed of it, you will generally not pay taxes on the transaction, even if the coins have gone up in value. Even better, you may be able to take a deduction as a charitable contribution in the amount of the fair market value on the date of donation. Win-win. You can't say that very often with regards to taxes. If someone gifts you Bitcoin, good for you. Best of all, it's not a taxable transaction to you. A win-win again. When you dispose of the coins in the future, your cost basis will be the same as the persons who gifted it to you, so in that case, a little communication will be necessary. Number 10. Key points to remember. Every time you dispose of Bitcoin, it triggers a taxable event. Keep accurate, thorough records of all buys and sells. Don't expect your Bitcoin exchanges to give you a nice, neat yearly summary and seek professional help tax help, that is, in an accountant who knows the Bitcoin landscape. And there's not many of those, by the way, honestly, at least not yet. I see that as becoming a burgeoning industry in and of itself, but it hasn't actually occurred yet. But I would imagine that after the next halving, you're going to see a complete landscape of multitudes of accounting houses that are legacy accounting houses that have installed a quote-unquote crypto taxation department. And you will also see a lot of accountants that are gonna, here's another burgeoning industry, training accountants how to understand Bitcoin. And ultimately, they're gonna have to understand the rest of the cryptocurrency landscape. So there is education, uh, profitable educational opportunities out there for anybody who is an accountant that is also a Bitcoiner. And instead of trying to figure out how to do taxes for your own clients and make a buck off of it, it probably make you a hell of a lot more money if you educate other accountants and charge them for the education. I'm just saying. Now, uh, let's see. I'm not gonna do that one right now. Let's do this one. No changes in Tesla's Bitcoin holdings in the fourth quarter of 2021 as per their financial statement this is crypto potato and it's the uh, it's Jordan Lychnev or Lionchev is writing it the financial statements published by Tesla in regards of its fourth quarter 2021 performance indicated that the firm's BTC position had remained the same worth approximately 1.26 billion dollars It was roughly a year ago when Tesla filed a Form 10K with the SEC, which revealed that it had purchased $1.5 billion worth of cryptocurrency or of BTC. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Moreover, the EV giant also started accepting the cryptocurrency for its products. This has an immediate positive effect on the asset's price. However, the tides turned a few months down the road when the company's idiot CEO, Elon Fusk, said the firm will stop accepting BTC due to environmental issues. Oh, cry harder. Additionally, Tesla sold 10% of its Bitcoin stash to test the liquidity, according to Musk. Since then, though, the company has refrained, refrained from buying and selling more of the asset while dabbling with the idea of resuming BTC payments at some point. The latest financial statements published on Wednesday revealed that the company still held around $1.26 billion at the end of December 2021. Separately, Tesla reported that its revenue increased by 65% year over year in the quarter, while automotive revenue equaled $16 billion, which was up 71%. It's worth noting that while Tesla still doesn't accept Bitcoin for payments for its products, the firm recently enabled such transactions to be done with Musk's favorite meme coin, dog shit coin. So there you go. Uh, Real Bedford, and for those of you who don't like Peter McCormick, you might as well go ahead and shut this down now, but I'm going to do it. Nomsios for Bitcoin Magazine. Real Bedford Football Club to accept Bitcoin through OpenNode. Uh, That's why I'm reading it, okay? Real Bedford, the world's first football club to operate on a Bitcoin standard, has formed a partnership with payment processing company OpenNode to further empower its goal of accepting Bitcoin for all of its club's products and services. The club's choice for a payment processing strategy comes a couple of weeks after Real Bedford announced its Bitcoin custody strategy. Earlier this month, English Football Club partnered with Bitcoin security company Casa to employ a multi-signature self-custody cold storage solution to safeguard its Bitcoin treasury. The OpenNode integration will enable Real Bedford FC to accept Bitcoin for game tickets online and in-person, merchandise, sponsorships, and concession sales at games. The club also plans to start paying players and staff with Bitcoin in the near future, according to a blog post by OpenNode, quote, We are thrilled to partner with OpenNode to support us in our plan to operate on a Bitcoin standard, said Real Bedford owner and Bitcoin podcast host Peter McCormick per the blog post. Quote, I have known the OpenNode team for years and they were a natural fit for the project. OpenNode facilitates Bitcoin payments and payouts for companies wishing to plug into the Bitcoin economy with an API, e-commerce plugins, and hosted payment pages, enabling institutions to accept BTC on-chain and on Lightning. Quote, OpenNote is really pleased to support Peter McCormick's combination of passion, commitment, and vision for Real Bedford FC, Bitcoin, the ascending global currency, and Real Bedford FC, the ascending soccer club, are in a sense a perfect fit, said OpenNote's head of growth Julian Julie Landrum. Okay, a brief pause right there to talk about Suit Speak. Guys. We're, we don't need the legacy system anymore. We're trying to eject ourselves from it. Why are you carrying suit speak along with you? Just talk plainly. I am so sick of mission statements and crap. They all sound the same. There's, there's almost zero. What am I trying to say? imagination. There's no imagination in these statements. It's just the same stock bullshit. You just like, like you could literally write any mission statement or, you know, a statement made from somebody to a news article about their business dealings with some other business. And the structure is almost completely the same. And you just rotate in for X, Y, and Z variables inside of the statement. Please stop. Please consider having imagination. Please consider having a sense of humor. I would love, love to read these more if you had, I don't know, a sense of humor about it, at least. Okay, continuing on. We're excited to work with Peter, who has created tons of educational value as part of his pursuit of Bitcoin knowledge and truth. Bitcoin empowers individuals and communities, and Real Bedford FC is another testament to these aims, she added in her non-imaginative, non-funny suit speak. The Perth Heat, an Australian baseball club in November, embarked on a Bitcoin standard also with the help of OpenNode as it sought to make BTC the default currency for payments and payouts. The club said it would fully integrate the Bitcoin and Lightning networks into its operations to hold Bitcoin in its balance sheet, accept BTC payments and pay players as well as staff in Bitcoin. So there you go, like, like I said, you love them or hate them, um and i don't love him but i i do like peter i i i do listen to what bitcoin did um and you know he's said on a recent podcast that he's wanted to own real bedford since he was a child and now he does honestly how how can you shit take a shit on that the guy realized his dream i mean come on yeah i know i know it's like if all if You know, Dieter, Bob, if you're listening to me, I I know you're throwing your phone up against the wall because you don't like hearing me talk about it, but it is what it is. You know, the guy had a dream, he got into Bitcoin, the dream became a reality. I, I should hope the same for all of us, for every single one of us, that we have some dream that can be realized by this. Now if we can just get the shorting bears out of the market and kill them in mass, I would, you know, I'd be very much happy about it. That's going to do it for the morning roundup. Uh, Dad says jokes with his, this is probably... I'm not even going to play the laughter after this one because it's just, it's so racist. It's so unimaginative. It's just, it's crap. Why can't blind people eat fish? It's seafood. I'm so offended. Oh my God, the offense is burning in my blood. It's boiling me. Oh my God, he's making fun of blind people. Whatever shall we do? This is the humor that we've lost throughout the ages, where we can't make fun of anything. We can't even make fun of ourselves. You know, there used to be a time when I'm I'm thinking, I'm thinking specifically of, um, oh, who's that boy? Dave Chappelle. I'm thinking of Dave Chappelle and the way that he lampooned everything. And I, he, he literally got to the point where he just basically had to bail out. And I think it was more than contract renegotiations with HBO or whoever whoever he was doing the, the Chappelle show with. Um, I think it was, I think he saw the, the coming of the woke nation and just didn't want to have anything to do with it. And then he came back, you know, a few months ago with his first special in God years, it seems that, or at least it seems that way. And he was raked over the coals for it. Just absolutely raked over. You're talking about the guy that did the skit, Clayton Bigsby, the world's only black white supremacist. And if you haven't seen the skit, you're missing something. That thing made me cry. I was laughing so fucking hard. And we don't get to see any of that shit ever again because we've lost our sense of humor or rather our sense of humor has actually been trying, they're trying to take it away from us. We still own it. We still have it as individual people, but it's being stepped on everywhere in public to the point that humor is just almost dead in the wor- in all the world. I mean, this is going on in Europe, this is going on in Canada, Mexico, you know, United States, it's going on in Eastern Europe, it's going on everywhere, man. Is like Australia? Try to crack a joke about COVID in Australia and you're going to end up in a freaking camp, all right? So Try to keep your sense of humor intact. It's the only thing that's going to get us through the next few years. Now, if you want to support the show, and I do appreciate those who do support the show, either through Podcasting 2.0 or the patrons on my Patreon page, um, you can do so in my favorite fashion, uh, being the Podcasting 2.0. And it's really my favorite, not only because I can see real-time sats flowing into my lightning node, which nobody else but me controls, um, but also it's, I know that people that are getting into, you know, podcasting 2.0 are having to learn certain things. And one of the best ways to learn podcasting 2.0 is by operating your own node, using Blue Wallet and connecting your Blue Wallet that you, one you can make multiple wallets on Blue Wallet, by the way. And one of those wallets can connect directly to your lightning node. And that's what I've done. And when I'm listening, when I need to recharge one of my lightning node or my podcasting 2.0 apps up, I use blue wallet and it controls my lightning node and basically is telling my lightning node where to send the Satoshis. It's not custodial. I'm the custodian of my light of, of all the Satoshis on my lightning node, um, and watching them come in is great but understanding that more and more people are learning what the future of content consumption is going to look like is even more thrilling to me because as we move forward into the future you're going to see the essence of podcasting 2.0 damn near everywhere you'll play video games on a minute per minute basis you will engage in streaming on a minute per minute basis And and you don't have, I mean, it depends on the content creator. They can, you know, choose to do it for free. But if you want to support that content creator, if that content creator puts up the ability for you to support them using the Lightning Network, then win-win, right? So podcasting 2.0 is definitely the way to do it. Uh, Sphinx chat app. Fountain app and the breeze wallet are my three favorite ways to do this. Also, Patreon, as I mentioned, if you want to support me with dirty, filthy fiat, you may do so at Bitcoin and Podcast on Patreon. That's all one word, Bitcoin and Podcast. I would appreciate it. I'll see you on the other side. This has been Bitcoin and, and I'm your host, David Bennett. I hope you enjoyed today's episode and hope to see you again real soon. Have a great day.